Hey, you are listening to the podcast for Mid-City Vineyard Church. We're located in the heart of New Orleans on Canal Street. My name is Brian. My wife, Christy, and I pastor Mid-City Vineyard. If you want to learn a little bit more about us, check us out on Facebook, Mid-City Vineyard Church, Instagram, at Mid-City Vineyard, or online, midcityvineyard.org. A couple of announcements for you. This Thursday night, we will be getting together at the Bulldog in Mid-City for burgers and beers together, 6.30 to 8.30, if you're able to make it. And then also, Easter is coming up, April 16th. So for Easter, we will not be worshiping on Saturday night, our normal time, but we will be worshiping on Easter morning, Sunday morning at 9.30 on the bayou. We'll be out by, uh, underneath the oak tree, across the street from the post office. Uh, we continue our series today to change the world, Lessons in Presence. We're going to be talking about the presence of God in the story of Christ and how when we speak of and talk about the story of Christ and we talk about and speak of the good news that Christ is actually very present with us. Once again, this podcast did not record live, so uh, when you get to that part of the podcast, you'll notice that I am going to be sitting in my study reteaching it. So it'll sound a little bit different, but thanks for checking it out. Look forward to uh, seeing you again soon. Much peace to you. My weakness I feel I must finally show. My daughter Zoe and I have this thing that we do. Every morning I say to her, Zoe, who loves you? She says, Daddy loves me. And I'll say to her, Zoe, how do you know? She says, Dad, I know because you always tell me. (laughs) It's the cutest thing. We've been in this series the last couple of weeks. How does God change the world And there are actually practices, there are disciplines that shape us, that form us, that make us into the people that God is inviting us to be. And as we've been discussing, these practices, they start in the community of faith. They start in what we call the the close circle, the people that we share faith with. And then it moves outward into our neighborhoods and into our communities. So the community of faith, the church, it's, it's our practice ground. It's, it's where we, we learn the value and the importance and we experience the presence of God in communion and, and reconciliation as we talked about last week and, and this week as we talk about the story of Christ, the good news, the, the proclamation, so to speak. You know, it's, it's interesting. We call ourselves a community of faith. For centuries, the church has called itself and been called a community of faith. I find it interesting. We don't call ourselves a community of certainty. We don't call ourselves a community of doubtlessness or a community of know-it-alls. No, we call ourselves a community of 
faith. So what is this faith? What's it about? What is it for? In Hebrews, the writer says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. Another way that it could be said, uh, Eugene Peterson, in his Bible translation, The Message, says the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It is our handle on what we cannot see. So faith is confidence in what we're hoping for. Paul says in the book of Romans, says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's the typical translation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Again, Peterson says, here's the point. Before you trust, you actually have to listen but unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to actually listen to. Now, I would actually suggest that many people have not heard the gospel. Many people have not actually heard the gospel. The word gospel means good news. And again, I would suggest that many people actually have not heard the good news. Now, of course, many people, if not most people, have heard about Jesus, especially in, in, in this society and culture. Most people have heard about Jesus. Most people have heard that they are, air quote, sinners. Most people have heard that they need forgiveness. But I would suggest that that is not the gospel. If gospel means good news and someone comes to you and you say, have you heard the good news? And they say, well, I was told recently that I was a sinner. That is not really good news. See, the gospel, the good news is that God has fulfilled the promise of Scripture to make the world right. In Christ. In Christ, God has done this. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul writes this. He says, listen, our firm decision is to work from a focus center that one man died for everyone. Now that puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. It's a resurrection life, and it's far better than people ever lived on their own. So because of this decision, listen, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. Instead, we have looked at the Messiah that way once, and we got it all wrong, as you know, so we certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now, we look inside. And what we see is that anyone who is united with Christ gets a fresh start. It is a new creation. It's brand new. The old life is gone and the new life has come. Now look at it. All of this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him. And then God called us to settle our relationships with each other. 
God put the world right with himself through Christ. Giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins, God has given us the task of telling everyone what it is that he's up to. We're Christ's representatives. And God uses us to persuade men and women and children to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He is already friends with you. And so through his death, through his resurrection, I, I, I'm out of the scripture now, through his death and his resurrection and ascension, Christ has defeated the effects of sin, which, friends, includes death. So the gospel, the good news, here it is, is that God has come in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus has been made Lord and the whole world is being made new. The kingdom of God is here. God has begun making things right. Now listen, the culture that we live in does not recognize Jesus Christ as Lord. And so every single day, every single day, when you wake up and when you walk out of your door, you are being asked to place your trust in something other than Christ. You're asked to place your trust in your career. You're asked to get your identity from your career. You're asked to place your trust in your social economic status or in your physical body. We are asked to place our trust in the things that we own or how successful we are or how successful our children are. And as long as we are finding ourselves, as long as we are putting our trust in these things, we cannot be shaped into the likeness of Christ. It is only by hearing the truth of God over and over and over again that our imaginations can really be formed and shaped so as to live in this daily reality. The reality is that God is making all things new. And you say, well, I look around and it doesn't look like God is making all things new. Hence the word faith. Because the truth is, is that when Christ died on the cross, when he came back from the dead, when he ascended into heaven, he inaugurated the kingdom, the new reality, the way the world looks when God is in charge. That's what Christ Jesus showed us, and that's what Christ Jesus invited us into. There are, so to speak, two dimensions or two realities. There is the reality that you see, but then there is the much more beautiful reality that Christ has invited us to live into. So the question is, are you hopeless? Are you caught in a world gone wrong? Are you addicted? Are you stuck? Are you powerless? Are you being destroyed? Jesus Christ has come, and Christ has defeated those powers of darkness that are desiring to hold us down. And I want to tell you right now that regardless of how it looks, Christ Jesus is at work in your life. Christ Jesus is at work in your circumstances. The Holy Spirit is moving and ebbing and flowing and breathing her sweet breath 
upon you and your circumstances. But I can't see it. I don't feel it. That's what we say. I know that's what I say too. Often. But I'm here to tell you the good news is that Christ is at work. This is not the end. In your struggle with addiction, God is at work right now. In your struggle in that relationship, God is at work right now. In your search for a job right now, God is at work. How do you know? Because God told us. Jesus told us. Just like I tell Zoe Moon, every morning and every afternoon and every night, I love you. There are moments when she does not necessarily feel or think that I love her. Perhaps we're in the middle of an argument. Perhaps she's in the middle of being disobedient and she's being disciplined. But she knows that she knows that she knows that she knows that the reality of the situation is that Dad loves her. The reality of the life that you live is that God is present. This is not the end. And so in this place, we proclaim Christ as Lord. We proclaim that this world is being made right. Our lives are being made right. We stand in good standing with God. So the question is, will we follow him? Will we trust him? Will we submit to God? Will we confess our sin? Will we believe and walk in faith and hope? Will we let Jesus be Lord? And in the proclaiming of this good news that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the one who is making all things right, this is a very sacred space where God is present, even now. As you sit and listen, as you jog and listen, as you drive in your car and listen, know that the Spirit of God is present. This is a sacred space. How does it work moving forward? In the close circle, this is what we do with one another. This is how we speak with one another. We acknowledge the crap in our lives, and we acknowledge that our lives are not the sum of what we see, but that God is at work. This moves out from the close circle into the dotted circle, as we spoke of before. It moves out into our neighborhoods, and we we begin to look for and cooperate with the Spirit for opportunities to share the good news. But again, remember, we're not talking about standing on a street corner with a cross shouting, You are a sinner, and you need to be saved, whatever that means. But we're engaged in relationship with people. And the Spirit of God opens our eyes to see when we might be able to say to someone, You know, I know this is broken in your life, but God is fixing this. God is making what is broken right again. Not too long ago, uh, I sat with a friend at a coffee house. There's there's a coffee house that I go to uh, just about every day. And I, I've become friends with lots of people around the coffee house. And one person that I've become friends with, uh, I've gotten to know a little bit more about her. I've gotten to know her story. I've gotten to know... Uh, her life. And one of the things that I know about her, uh, because I, I watch her 
regularly. She actually works at the coffee house, and I watch how she interacts with the customers. I watch how she interacts with the other employees. Uh, I watch how she, uh, you know, I listen when she talks to me about the finances and how much she enjoys doing the books and all these different things. And I know that this girl has a heart to go back to school. And also that she doesn't have the money to go back to school. And there were some obstacles standing in the way for various reasons, which we won't get into. But I had this idea that I think was straight from the Spirit of God. I called the board of directors here at Mid-City Vineyard. And I said, listen, I think that Mid-City Vineyard should send this girl back to school, her first semester back to school, so that she can get some, some classes under her belt, and then she can apply to financial aid and do some different things. And the board of directors signed off on it. They said, absolutely, this is what our church is for. So I went to the coffee house, and I said to this girl, hey, can we sit down at the table? I, I want to talk to you for a minute. And I looked at her, and, and she's, a, she's an agnostic. She, she's a, away from church. She really has no desire to be part of it. And I, I said to her, I said, listen, I, I know that you're agnostic. I know that uh, you don't know that God exists. And I said, I'm, I'm completely cool with all those things. But I do want to say to you that this God that you don't know about, this God that you're not sure exists, which again is okay, I believe that this God has given you some amazing gifts. I watch you with the employees and you have amazing gifts of hospitality. I said, I watch you as, as you interact with the, the um, I'm sorry, with the, uh, I watch you as you interact with the customers. You have the gift of hospitality. I watch you as you interact with the other employees. I, I think that you've been given incredible management skills and the ability to empathize and to relate with, with your with your employees. Uh, I listen to what how you speak about the books and, and so kind of the administrative gifts that God has given to you. And I said, our church sees what God is doing in your life. And I know that there's a lot of things that are broken. There are a lot of things that aren't going your way, but I really do believe that God is in the business of fixing broken things and God is in the business of healing uh, fractures. And, and one of the things that we sense God doing with us as a community of faith is offering to you, we would like to send you back to school. For, for one semester, we'd like for you to get a couple of finance classes under your belt, uh, get things back in order so that you can apply for financial aid next semester. And, and this is something that we as a community of faith would like to do for you. And, and as I'm looking at her, I mean, all of her makeup is just, it's left her face and it's, it's, it's puddled there on the table as, as the tears just roll down her eyes, her face, her cheeks. So, so good. So God. So Holy Spirit. As the Spirit just was speaking words of life to this girl. I think there was power and presence in the proclaiming of the good news in that situation. And this is what it looks like. I believe this is what God's saying, that you are ministers of reconciliation. Paul's the one that says that, that, that you are ambassadors, go represent now the presence of Christ. And so church, I, I, I say to you, go and be light. Go and be salt. And this week as you go, may the Lord God cause his face to shine upon you. May the Spirit of God open your eyes to see her presence everywhere you go. May the Lord God cause his face to shine upon you 
And may the Lord God give you peace. Blessings to you. There goes my dog. Pray that all is well. We look forward to seeing you soon.